Welcome everyone to another episode of Elemental Awakening. Today, I got a special guest, Jordan River, creator of Spirit Science. The I guess you would call it an online YouTube sort of story show cartoon that really educates people about spirituality and science. Is that a good way to sort of introduce what Spirit Science is? I guess so, yeah. Uh, well, I, and, and let me just say too, thank you, Giovanni. Thank you so much for having me here. And yeah, like Spirit Science started as a cartoon. It's much more of a platform now. Um, like it is still a cartoon series. And I think that's probably one of the best and most fun parts about Spirit Science is making these videos on a weekly basis. But it really has expanded, you know, with all the different social media pages and our websites and our mystery school and everything that it, it, it really has become like a space of transformation and transmutation and spiritual awakening uh, on the internet. Something that you can find, connect with and, and just explore to your heart's content so yeah yeah it's interesting you know when when i was going through i guess my spiritual journey um a friend of mine introduced me to spirit science and i remember literally consuming at the time i think there was 19 or 20 episodes like literally like it's probably even before netflix it was like binge watching spirit science from like 1 to 20 and i remember after watching it i was like i'd love to meet this guy someday and you know time passed on and then all of a sudden we were connected through a, a website i was working with at the time and um it instantly became friends i felt like we had a connection right from the start and i've seen this interesting journey you've been on and all the changes and ups and downs and uh, coming full circle now back into what you're creating so i guess you know first off thanks for for doing what you're doing thanks for all the content you're putting out there and I guess, you know, just to start, maybe telling a bit about your journey, like, you know, who you are and what inspired you to create spirit science and that journey that you went on. Because I think a lot of it started with like sacred geometry and some of like the flower of life stuff. But I'll let you tell the story. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had my first spiritual awakening that really kicked things off in the end of 2010. And I, I had met some people who introduced me to like crystals and Reiki and energy and stuff. And I was like, whoa, there's really something to this. And, uh, and then two things happened. One was they, they introduced me to The Secret, um, which really blew my mind. And this other thing that happened, like right in around the same period was I had this very powerful, unique, I've never had another experience like it in my life, um, really awakening experience facilitated by cannabis. Now, I'd been smoking cannabis for, for at least a year or so prior. Um, and this was when I was about 19. But what happened was I was, I was just hanging out with a friend. Uh, we were talking after college one day, uh, smoking in her car. Uh, and, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it was like I was taken from my body. I remember sort of emerging, like, like just very quickly, suddenly being in this kind of like this void space. But I saw what, what the only way I can describe it is as if, Every thing that has ever existed, will ever exist, everything that exists, period, all existed before me as this energetic field and it all unified together into this singular point, like this source point. And in this moment, it was just like seeing and knowing definitively, 100%, without a doubt, like this knowing in my heart, in my mind, that everything was connected, everything was one, and... And then suddenly I was just blasted down back to my, back to my body. And I remember I just was like freaking out in the car with my friend being like, I understand everything. And she's like, Oh, you inhaled for the first time. <laughs> and I'm like, 
<laughs> I don't think that's what's happening. It was a really, it was a really funny experience, but at the same time, like it was so profound that it completely changed my, my nature fundamentally. And it, and it really set me on this path. And I think like looking at the kind of things that I was interested in beforehand, like I was naturally drawn to that material to that, the, you know, the, 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 there's a lot of very spiritual animes, for example, there's video games that have hidden symbolism in them and stuff like that. Right. And like, those were the kind of things that I was interested in, but I never made the connection that any of that was real or had any merit or validity. But then after I woke up, I, I looked back and I'm like, Oh, it, it makes sense why I was into, you know, these like specific games or shows or, or, or just like telling these kind of stories because I've been doing animation for a long time too. And so um, with that, like, you know, because I had been doing so much animation since I was like 12 or 13, uh, all of that really just unified together in my mind. I, uh, uh, with my, with my spirituality, with my new, this new, like, exciting frontier of self-discovery and everything. And so I, I learned, you know, I, I found the Flower of Life books. My mom actually gave, gave them to me. Uh, and I was like, why have you been holding out on me for so long? Uh, but but she had them and she's like, you had to wake up on your own. I'm like, well, here we are. So I, I poured through these books for three months and then Spirit Science was born right after that. So it really was like this very fast, like awakening, learning, everything, cartoons, boom. And the first episode of Spirit Science, wait a second, today's April 10th. Holy smokes. Okay, so the first episode of Spirit Science was published April 11th. 2011 and that's tomorrow nine years to the day so that's wow. very i didn't even think about that so yeah because today's april 10th as we're recording this that's wild um to think about so we're almost at the nine-year anniversary of spirit science Amazing. in the day wow well that's i know okay that's that's yeah that's just thank you for bringing that back to my awareness because i probably would not have remembered it anyway <laughs> um, and so you yeah. just started a YouTube channel, just started putting them out there and people were resonating with it. And that's it. Yeah. What happened it, next? It, it just sort of took off from there and it exploded largely actually because of Newgrounds. So I always like to say like much gratitude to Newgrounds for those who are unaware. Newgrounds is a website that was designed around your, like people making and uploading their own uh, like flash cartoons and flash games and flash was like a you know the yeah. old software swf software and stuff like that um and, you know it's like the those very cartoony games and, and movies and stuff online and so i was publishing my videos there and then tom the guy who runs newgrounds front page episodes five and six and because of that it actually ended up stimulating a large number of traffic on my youtube uh channel and YouTube blew up and the, the videos just started getting more and more traffic. And pretty soon it was like hundred thousand views per video. And we just kept going, you know, and, and yeah, from there, it's just been this continuous stream of spirit science growing. And I guess along with that is me learning how to, to, to do it as like a, you know, as a thing, because it's, it, when I started, it was just me in my parents' basement animating cartoons about things that I was interested in, right? But as social media pages get bigger, as, you know, with the development of websites and all of these things, like I've had to learn how to work with others and kind of have sort of like a business, but also treat it like an organism, treat it like a community, a family, a co-creative space, so that it doesn't get bogged down by the rigidness of what can often happen in companies or business settings. So that's been part of the lesson here. 
as well because I have, you know, sort of this expanded vision of what I want to create with spirit science. And uh, I'm going to have to harmonize and unify a lot of different systems in order to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, kind of so what would you recommend to people like nowadays that are thinking about starting a YouTube channel? Do you think it's, it's still something that can be grown from scratch, you know, based on your current experience, what you've seen over nine years? Yeah. Well, abs first, absolutely. Like, I mean, you can do anything that you set your heart upon. And the big thing is, is before you get started, really check with yourself and see, is this something that you'd be willing to commit to long-term? Because as with like literally every YouTube channel, uh, you know, especially starting today in a, in a world that has very, very saturated, uh, you know, there's a lot of content out there already and the whole thing is run by algorithms and stuff like that. So you, you really have to be willing to go in the long haul uh, for the long haul to, 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 to see it through, to do it, you know, like if I had made three episodes of spirit science and then stopped and that was like, ah, I'm good. You know, like it wouldn't, it, it, like it only continues to exist because I keep making them, you know, kind of thing. Like it, it otherwise the, the, everything just dies down. So you have to be willing to consistently contribute to your work to do it. And then I guess I would say, you know, for anybody like just like entrepreneur in, in general, not just YouTube, you know, but for any entrepreneur, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, you got to be willing to commit to it. And you also have to expect that there is going to be ups and downs. Like you're going to have successes and you're going to have failures and like, just brace yourself, prepare yourself for that point in time when, when things crash, because it's a part of the learning journey. Like I can't tell you how many times I've crashed. Uh, and like, there were times where I almost lost spirit science completely where like ownership, other people took control of it and said that it's mine or, or you know, theirs rather. And, and like all these, like there's been so much drama and it's all been a valuable lesson. But again, the only reason it still exists is because I was like, I, I'm, I'm still doing this. And I think that's, that's really the thing is like, even with, with me, I've gone deep into debt in, to try and figure out how to not exist in debt because learning how to make money in an ethical, spiritual way also is a challenge, is something to learn. So there's many, many different aspects, many different layers um, and having a good, like, I guess just like if your heart is set on it, you can see it through. Um, and that's, that's really the great secret. This is like a big spiritual lesson for all of us too, is regardless of whatever you're creating, your intention is like steering the reality field. Like this is, this is the Institute of Noetic Science. Like Dean Radin is doing scientific experiments that demonstrate that your consciousness, your intention steers what happens in life. And so likewise, no matter what you're creating, if you're passionate, if you, if you love what you're doing, if you're doing what you love, and you don't care if it fails because you're going to see it through to the end, no matter what, if you're that, if you care about it that much, you can make it happen. And, uh, and, and the world needs you to do that. But also then if you're like, yeah, I'm not super passionate, then that's like a good sign that it's like, maybe you don't have to force yourself down a road that you don't have, that you don't necessarily want to go. Take some time to go inward first, figure out what you do really want, and then go and try and do that. Yeah. Amazing. I love it. It really resonates it's similar with my story of a recent business I opened where it's like a, a community center, wellness center in Toronto. And, you know, I lost sight of my intention. And when, you know, like things were getting challenging and we were delayed and going way over budget, and I started fearing, you know, like the money I was going to lose and what that was going to mean to me. 
it really made me check back in with what my intention was and, you know, really showed me how like everything in life is part of this spiritual journey. You know, it's going to challenge you in different ways. And if you have the awareness to see it, it's all part of your spiritual journey. You know, people see it as their career or as um, these things that happen in the world, but everything, even like what's going on right now, as we're filming this coronavirus is going on. And, you know, a lot of people see it as this external thing that's affecting them, but they don't realize it's affecting their consciousness and how they can respond to it and what it's really bringing up within them. You know, where's that fear rooted in, you know, it's an opportunity for growth and transformation in, you know, this crazy environment that we're, we find ourselves in, you know, and that's and the craziness comes from your perception of it. You know, you can be centered and, and, and calm or, you know, going a bit loopy. So yeah, I totally resonate with that in the ups and downs um, and, and agree like business can be a spiritual process, you know, like all the challenges, all the, the decision-making and, and mm-hmm. different things that come up. It has to be. I, I did an interview actually with uh, Jerry from Rhythmia recently and, and asked him like, you know, like what is the, you know, we were asking, I was asking him about spiritual business and he's like, we have to understand that everything is a spiritual business, even things that you would never imagine to be spiritual business. You know, like he was giving examples like prostitution and stuff like that. But the reason why, and the example, the, the reason why he said that is like every business is just souls serving souls, like regardless of how connected or disconnected people are from their souls, they're still people with hearts, with souls. And those souls are just, we're serving each other in mass. So if we can do things that actually nourish the soul, then we're actually getting into the realm of having a spiritual business that fosters more spirituality rather than more disconnection, even though it's still soul serving souls. So it was a very interesting idea. I really like that concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, so tell me a bit more about Patchman. Who's who's Patchman? This main character in is it like a, an alter ego for for Jordan <laughs> River or totally random character that you came up with? Um, that's a good question. Uh, Patchman, I didn't actually create, but today uh, you ask most people, and most people would just say that I'm Patchman, and so I kind of am Patchman, I guess, because I I voice him, and he's kind of a reflection, like a cartoon reflection of my consciousness. Um, I once played with the idea of like, oh, Patchman's like a channeled being and stuff, but that was really just for fun. Um, but but like the, the story of where Patchman came from is actually like when I was maybe 14, I was making cartoons on, on the internet, you know, on like these random little websites, Newgrounds was one of them. And I, I remember I connected with this guy. He's, he was like a year younger than me. So he's like 13. And it lives on the other side of Canada. And we just started talking and he was like, dude, I, he's like, your work really inspires me and I want to make cartoons too. And I was like, that's great. You know, like cartoons are so much fun to make uh, as this little kid, right? And so he created this character, Patchman, along with a bunch of other little characters. And, and then he didn't really ever do anything with them. And so eventually, like four years later or something, I... I had been working on this series of mine called Exile, which I'm now turning into a book and it's become like this quasi crazy spiritual adventure, like a mix of Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and a bunch of other future, like Cloud Atlas. I don't know. It's like all these crazy genres merged into one, but it's becoming like this sacred geometry, alchemy, magic book kind of thing. Anyway, the point is, is like I've been making this cartoon since I was 14 and each episode took me about a year to produce. And it was like a fully animated epic. I'd only ever made four episodes. So I was about 18 and I was so tired of doing these really long, these long episodes 
so I, I had these ideas for some sh animated shorts and I reached out to my friend because I thought the character just Patchman appeared in my mind. I was like, that's the perfect character to use. I reached out to my friend I was like, hey, can I use Patchman in a cartoon? And he's like, totally. So I did that two, three, four times. And eventually he was like, listen, just, just give me a hundred bucks. Patchman's yours and you can do whatever you want with them for your whole life. And I was like, done, easy. Cause I was gonna make all these little short cartoons with them. And then maybe within like five, six months of that point, I had my own spiritual awakening experience and Patchman also became enlightened in the process. Like you can go and find, this is just, just for, for the sake of his, his historical context, I guess. You can go and look up like Patchman cartoons on YouTube, like one's called Simple Pleasures, another one's called The Dark Knight, it's kind of a Batman spoof. Um, and it's like Patchman, as you've never seen him before, like in spirit science, he's always like, he's so enlightened talking about spirituality and stuff. In these, he's, it's like slapstick. He's like getting hurt, doing crazy things, jumping off buildings, it's, it's random and wild. Uh, and, and that's just, you can watch the progression of like where my consciousness was at and how I changed over the course of like those cartoons to spirit science. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. behind, so, so behind the scenes as you're creating these cartoons, how was your spiritual practice evolving over the years? Like, were you, did you subscribe to a certain form of meditation? Were you like using psychedelics? Was it a mm -hmm. balance? Was there different? Cause I know you're into different things like tarot cards and um, different ways of learning. So was there certain things that really stood out for you along your journey that you found very useful or like daily practices that you haven't sort of strayed from? Is there anything that stands yes. out? Yes. Well, it's interesting because the answer to your question is really all of the above. Like I, I find fascinating. I find so like almost every kind of spiritual practice fascinating. Um, there are some that I probably took more to uh, versus other things, but like, I mean, any, any experience that, or, or, or spiritual practice that can demonstrably raise your consciousness and create transformation in the, in the, in the body of consciousness, then I, like, I'm all for it. So I, I do daily meditation. I also try and do some yoga every day and, and um, mix that in there. I like, I do, I was drawn to tarot cards originally. And of course, as you can probably tell, I really like them enough that I made my own deck. Uh, but the, the, the tarot became very imppactful because it unified so many different systems together. So yeah, for like those who don't know what tarot is, you want to just explain a little bit what, what the tarot represents and how yeah, it works? So the, so the tarot essentially is a, uh, on an esoteric level, it is a pictographic diagram of the universe by encompassing various esoteric systems together into a body of wisdom disguised as a deck of cards. So it is like Kabbalah, astrology, numerology, tree of life, you know, ancient Egyptian and hermetic esoteric mysticism, spiritual wisdom teachings, practices, all these things like mixed into a assortment of cards that follow these essential principles of alchemy to facilitate transcendental changes and states of awareness within your consciousness through self-reflection. So you, you like, you draw a card and the card has all these different symbols and all these different ideas. You know, it's got references to elements or places in the tree of life in the, you know, the, the Kabbalistic tree of life system uh, or, or, or alchemy or whatever, like all these different things. And then that facilitates within you, like the card itself has an essential meaning, but then you can go deeper and deeper with every little layer and aspect of the card. You reflect on that within you and it 
opens up and gives you something to reflect upon, something to explore within you. So, and so people can do a reading on themselves or you need someone to do yeah. a reading for you? No, I mean, like there's tarot readers, of course, out there. Um, but I designed this deck, the Patch Tarot Cards, as a tool that anyone could use a lot more easier. Like, so you would shuffle the deck, is, ask a question, pull a card, and then sort pretty of much. interpret what it's trying to tell you. Pretty much, yeah. And then like there's simple descriptions and then longer descriptions and then super longer descriptions that you can get into to experience like the depth of the card. Um, but the, the, yeah. And then, and like, we even, even have like a very simple version, which you can get in the app stores, like Android and iOS, there's a patch app and you can like, you know, you, you pull the button and you shuffles the thing and then you draw a card and, uh, and, and it'll provide the little descriptions there for you to, to have like a reading experience right there on your own. So, so you don't need necessarily a reader. You can get one. Absolutely. Uh, and sometimes I think that's useful, but my intention was to really show people that you don't necessarily need a reader in order to facilitate, uh, you know, like to do a reading, you can, you have that power within you and maybe these cards can, can, can help. So I guess to answer your question though, like, yes, like tarot became a big, to just kind of go on the, the big picture is like tarot became a big part of big practice for me of uh, something that I, I just enjoyed learning because there was so much depth and so many connections uh, which which also led me to learn about numerology and astrology a little bit more. And then hermeticism, pretty much anything, any of the writings attributed to Thoth or other like ascended masters and just like the Tao Te Ching and like other like ancient spiritual texts, all of that stuff is really just, I love it. Like, so give me, give me one or yeah. two of your favorite insights from either like Thoth or like the, the Tao that you learned that was like, oh, wow, like it really hit home. Is there anything that comes to mind? I know this is kind of like, that's such the a loaded question. question. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. That is kind of a loaded question, but I'll do my best. So in the in the Hermetica, one of the greatest things, like like the fundamental teaching within Hermetics, is that everything exists within the mind of God. The way that they describe it is the mind of God. Now you have to remember this is like ancient things. So we might describe it a little bit differently today, but the idea is that. Um, God as a force, as a, as a being, as this infinite supreme consciousness is so infinite, so beautiful, so supreme that we cannot fully ever comprehend it. It's like the imperfect and the impermanent cannot easily apprehend the eternally perfected, right? Like, so we are the imperfect and the impermanent, these mortal humans, it's hard for us to comprehend the eternally perfected, but that we can come to know the one through the, like the, the, the supreme oneness through, uh, through our spirituality, through, through connecting, going within, expanding out in, in, in like really both, because as you go inward, you are expanding outward, this sort of this reflectant mirror, but that like everything exists as a thought in the mind of God. And so, you know, we have a lot of quantum physicists today talking about how at a, like a fundamental level of our reality field, it really, it is like a field of energy that appears as solid and tangible, but that it is actually energy. It's actually, you know, these like vast amounts of empty space with little bits of information and energy just zipping and zapping around each other and stuff like that. And that it's your consciousness that can actually steer the direction that the field goes. So this whole thing, it kind of like the way that Hermes described it, is he, he said that 
like the mind of God gives birth to the son of God. And the son of God is described in the Hermetica as a unifying light that harmonizes all things with all, all things. It is the idea of perfection, harmony, order, love, beauty, like everything that Jesus and Christ consciousness stands for as the son of God, right? The son of God and the word of God are the same thing. These concepts existed long before Christianity. We find them in the ancient Greek texts and the ancient relating with the ancient Egyptian writings. And they just described it a little bit less personally, right? Like it would, they could ascribe it to beings, but they could also ascribe it as like a force. But then they say, as above, so below, the, the way that the mind of God produces the word of God is the same way that your thoughts give birth to speech. So we are right made in the image of the creator, as we know from also from the Bible. But this is an idea that is this really universal in the sense that as above, so below, we are actively creating our lives through the, the words and the actions and the things that we produce and we create most predominantly through our language, through the way that we communicate with each other is one of the most potent ways that we, that, that we create into the world. And so we must be very careful with our words to be humble, to be loving, to be kind, to be compassionate, to be wise. And, you know, all of these things, um, because if, by, doing, by doing so, we become a higher reflection of that idea of harmony. And the greater that we step into harmony in our lives, the more uh, of that abundance and more of that harmony, the more of that wisdom that we share with the world and we elevate everybody to grow and evolve together. So that, that's one of many, 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 many things that, that, that are found within the Hermetica, but it's pretty cool, isn't it? I love it. And so, so over the years, you know, you've done a lot of personal um, seeking and you've done a lot of, introspection a lot of learning about different philosophies and you sort of culminate a lot of this information a lot of this knowledge you created an online school is that is that what what sort of the, the spirit science has evolved into because uh, you know from from my understanding it was like you're getting all this amazing information out there through the episodes and people are probably asking to go deeper and wanting to learn more and so you create a school you want to tell me a little bit about the process and intention behind the school and how that came to be yeah well it, it started with uh, a, a lot of research that led me to the awareness that mystery schools even existed in the past. Like before the advent of what we know as modern day religion, you know, largely the Christianity and, and Islam and, and these really big religions that exist, there were these much smaller, more focused communities that were essentially described today as mystery uh, are essentially described as mystery schools and these were schools for the evolution of consciousness and the kind of stories that you hear from them range from from both people who in those in those schools in their practices they would learn how to do things that would seem impossible to us today like like discovering like you know supernatural powers within them and 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 do, using them all the way to just having these very profound, uh, transformative, life-changing experiences, which sound very similar to an ayahuasca ceremony today. So, and, and then like everything in between and, and all of the alchemy and astrology and the wisdom teachings and all these things are really like focused environments for that, for like engaging with that kind of material, like in, in, and engaging with conscious evolution. 
So historically speaking, a lot of that was all shut down after the Roman Catholic or the Roman Church or the, the Roman Empire adopted Nicene Christianity, became the Roman Catholic Empire, and shut down all of the mystery schools, basically, and said, if you don't follow our religion specifically, we're going to kill you. And they did. So a lot of these, a lot of the, the, the wisdom teachings and stuff kind of, kind of went into hiding for a long time, reemerged, uh, you know, through the Renaissance, a thousand years later. And da, 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 we have time going on. We have little pockets of occultism and esotericism and stuff like that kind of popping up until... I mean, like this is still this is still really going, and it's just today we see this kind of reemergence of all this information because of the internet. Things people can publish whatever they want to, and a lot of the information is now starting to actually be shared. So, so that was the first like I was made aware of a lot of that and really went deep into it and made a lot of my book, the Book of Spirit, be about that subject and that conversation about the ancient mysteries. And then it was actually a experience where I went to Rhythmia and I did an ayahuasca ceremony or four ayahuasca ceremonies over a week where I'm, I basically had this experience where I was visited by Thoth in the ceremony, you know, this ancient Egyptian God of wisdom or the ancient Greek God of wisdom, all of these, he's all the gods of wisdom. He's a Roman God of wisdom. He's the Greek God of wisdom. He's a, right. Like just different names, right? It's a very, very wise guy across the board. Very wise guy basically is appearing to me in these ceremonies and is guiding me in to expand my consciousness in so many ways. He really, I, like foundationally, I would say he taught me how to be wise. But I think there, there, was, there was many, many seeds planted there that I didn't even comprehend because shortly thereafter, like, you know, I'd come home and a week later, like there's just these big changes coming into my life, new awareness, new ideas, new understanding, like new things that are happening. And the next thing you know, I'm just like, I have to make a, a, a mystery school. In fact, I remember in ceremony seeing the name like Spirit Mysteries. And I was like, oh, that has to be a thing. What is it? You know, it was like, let it come was sort of like the wisdom that I received. So, so it was like, I was guided to make a mystery school. And how do you do that? So I was also guided to a mentor who could teach me how to establish and build a, like a, a, you know, an online platform like this and one that could eventually even you know translate into uh, a physical environment too because I have this big dream of one day building like a large pyramid healing center gathering space community spiritual evolution environment that like is a part of the mystery school too one thing at a time though so so we started online and uh, just yeah over the last probably six months or so we've started launching it and working with the people who've come into it and are just seeing profound results. Like it's, it's not a day goes by now where I'm not seeing new comments coming in from people describing how profoundly impactful and transformative their lives have been just by even like the first week in the mystery school, you know, like going through often uh, people come in through our seven day transformation. So it's like a week long sort of intensive course. And by the end of it, people are just like, mind-blown level of life-changing experiences so it's i'm just really grateful to be able to create all of this and and the intention as just i guess to close on this thing and to answer your question from the beginning the intention is the evolution of consciousness is to is to continue the legacy of this of the ancient mysteries and to push the limits of what we think is possible by exploring the mysteries within the mysteries without the uh, the mysteries of the universe and um and and just just yeah exploring it very very openly and and 
evolving your consciousness in whatever way that that looks like. Yeah, I think it's it's much needed in, in the times we live in now. I think that a lot of people are searching for answers. A lot of people are feeling this internal like disconnection with you know the sort of story or reality that that has been constructed around them. Like something feels off. That there's got to be more. And um, there's nowhere really to reach out to. Like for me, you know, like, and I guess that's part of the journey is the seeking of the finding the answers, right? And I think having a mystery school is a great place for many people to find, you know, like not necessarily saying like the answers for everyone will be in there, but it'll definitely be breadcrumbs for everyone's path to start getting closer to finding what resonates and what their truth is. Um, you know, because some people may be through meditation, some people may be through Buddhism, some people may be through ayahuasca, some people may be through a combination of all of them, you know, um, but just having these resources available for people that are seeking and are unsure where to look, I think is, is amazing intention for you to have to put that out there. So um, thank you for that. You sort of answered my, my next question was just about the, the role of, of psychedelics and ayahuasca in your life and, and, and how that as a tool uh, has created change. And I think um, you sort of answered that in the last question, how it brought you clarity. It showed you, you know, things to do. And it also, like for me, a lot of times, like the feeling after is like this feeling, okay, now you're going to do something about it. And I think that's one of the key takeaways from the ayahuasca experiences, you know, like sometimes you'd be clearing out some old shit, you know? And like, once you've gone through a lot of ceremonies, once a lot of that stuff gets cleared out, then for me, it's been like, yeah, okay. I'm okay with all that. All that's happened to me. I've sort of made, made okay with it and sometimes some past life stuff or like ancestral and you clear that stuff out too but then once you sort of get to a certain level of clarity it's like the insights are coming and it starts showing you things that are potential sort of um outcomes and those potential outcomes then it becomes you to make that choice to take action to sort of make that happen it's like here this is something that you know can be created if you are willing and and want to do that you know um, so then it's just coming back into reality and saying, okay, like I had that insight that I, I can do this. I can create this mystery school, but now I need to choose to take that step forward and do it. Is that similar to, to your experience, like from, from your experiences with plant medicine? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, that's how, I when you love... said it, I, that's how I interpret it. Cause I, I resonated with the exact same way with yeah. my experiences. My first uh, plant medicine experience outside of cannabis was LSD, which was on 11-11 of 2011. So that was kind of special. Uh, but uh, but it, it ever since then, like all of the, or almost all of the plant medicine journeys that I've had have been very, very uh, potent and often very healing and very revealing. There have been a, a couple, you know, harder trips and, and bad trips and, and whatnot in there. And usually that comes from not being in the best environment uh, or not having a good support system around me. I think that like in, in many cases, I've done ceremonies by myself uh, and, and most of them have been good. But at the same time, like I think that it's, it's always like a, just so much more potent and better when there's shamans and stuff like that, right? So mm. I, I highly encourage like for people who are curious about, you know, trying ayahuasca or what have you, is really to seek out, like, go to Rhythmia or go to, you know, a, a place with an actual shaman uh, where they can guide you and really be in service to you and support you. Because unless you're a very, like, a seasoned vet and you, you feel very confident and comfortable going in and navigating those psychic realms, you never know, you know, where those, where the medicines can take you. And I think that even in the end, even if you have a bad trip, like, that can be a very powerful lesson for you 
uh, in the long run, it doesn't become immediately apparent if you're not consciously working with the energies to create a trans transmutation, right? Like even with ayahuasca, you can have an experience that's really challenging and very difficult to go through. Uh, but usually at the end of it, you're like, wow, I get it. Like there's a bigger lesson here. I'm grateful, you know, and, and that's a part of the journey. Yeah. So it's good to, yeah. But one of my but mentors, all in all, sorry. No, no, no. Finish, I was finish. just to end it is just to say, I think all in all the, I think plant medicine is going to be one of the greatest assets and tools that we have as a species to re like reconnect with ourselves and reconnect with nature and to create a harmonious society for the entire planet. Like a global if we can get all the politicians in one room, in one ceremony and just get them all to go to Rhythmia for a week. And dude, that would, I mean, that, yes. How fast the like world that, would change. How fast the world would change. On, on behalf mean, of Jerry, you're all invited. Every president, prime minister. Every, pre I would love to, yeah, let's get Donald Trump and Justin Trudeau and whoever them, runs, and the Queen of England to go and do ayahuasca right now. <laughs> that would be so uh, powerful. So yeah. awesome. I was going to say on the bad trip thing, like one of my ones, there's no such thing as bad trips. Yeah. Um, all the bad trips are perceived as bad because it might be scary. It might be bringing things to the surface that you've just suppressed so deep. You don't want to see, um, or you're, you're coming up in an, in a, in an environment that you're not ready for. So like if you're going out doing LSD and running around the park or like at a party and something comes up, it's going to trying to show you something that's within you. That's going to be very scary and very hard to sort of to see. Um, but ultimately it's always there for you to sort of, raise your consciousness, learn something about yourself, bring something to the surface and have more awareness about who you really are. Well, this is sort of the thing. And again, it's like that, who knows what's good or bad sort of, you know, parable. But the, the, the thing is, is like, if you open yourself up, because this is what really what's happening. When you take, when you take mushrooms, when you take any sort of psychedelic, you really are opening up your energetic fields to psychically tune into a greater body of consciousness and to tune into yourself deeper. So you're, you're really opening up these psychic channels. And when you do that, if you like forcibly or put yourself in a position where you take in uh, a, a really low energy or a negative energy, you know, like something that's really unhealthy, then that can, I feel like that can actually affect you mentally in a, in a negative way. Like that, like, like if you took LSD for the first time and then went to a rave and had like, it's just so much energy and there's so many people and they're grinding on each other. And it's just like, as opposed to taking LSD and there's just like being in nature and just like lying down in the grass and enjoying the, blow, the trees blowing. Like it's a very, very different experience of what you're receiving. And, but because like we know now that mushrooms, especially mushrooms, but like the psychedelics in general, we know that they're, they're like helping you to rewire your brain. Like we know that, people who take mushrooms can use them to rewire their brain so that they're not addicted to cigarettes or not addicted to drinking and stuff like that ever again. So if you're rewiring your brain, but then you put yourself in a state where you're going to rewire your brain negatively, then you, you might actually come out of the experience worse than you were when you started. So it's for that reason, I think, and I would still agree like that, even that can be a lesson for you to, for, to show you something. But if you're not, again, if you're not trained in the psychic realms, if you're not, really conditioned your mind to be like, how is this a lesson? And like consciously work with it. That energy can just take you and you can lose yourself in it. And that can be, that's like the, the, the darker side of the moon card in tarot, which basically says like, you have to keep a very, 
it's like that narrow path that Jesus talks about, right? Like the narrow path to the kingdom of heaven, eye of the needle and everything. Like you have to be very focused on connecting with your heart and your soul. Otherwise, it's very easy to lose yourself with all the distractions and the chaos of the world. So for that reason, you know, I do say it's still better to err on the side of safety and like Always. make sure that you're doing it in nature or with people you trust or with shamans uh, and, and, and with intention as well. Right. Because if you're just like, Oh, let's party. Ah, it's, it's definitely not the same as like using it ceremoniously for the evolution of your, of your, and connection with your soul. So yeah, that's, that's, I guess what I would. Awesome. At, at. <laughs> awesome. Um, so yeah, I guess last question for me is, um, people who are starting down this path, other than watching the whole spirit science saga from start to finish, are there any books or resources you'd recommend for people? Like maybe one that really um, was impactful for you? Hermetica? <laughs> Anything written by Thoth? Okay, no. So the, the, the number one book that I have to recommend is The Ancient Secret of the Flower of Life. Uh, because Drimvelo just puts like such a clear just like a, a whole picture together. He really explains all like so many different layers of the spiritual awakening process and all these different things. And I think that's very, very valuable, like just to explore. Um, but it, you know, if someone didn't want to read that, then you could watch the first season of spirit science because it was basically based on some of the similar material, uh, lots of the similar same stuff, especially the, the history movie. But then, uh, from there, yeah, like the Hermetica is huge, especially the newer edition by Timothy Freak and Peter Gandhi. They did like a modern translation, which is really amazing. Um, if, if you're really going down that path with like the Hermetic kind of stuff, the Emerald Tablets of Thoth is also a very profound read. Uh, but I'll say from my experience, the first time that I read them, they were incomprehensible to me. So it took me walking on my path and growing as a person to get to a point where I could read them and they actually become more understandable. Well, yeah, they and say there's some books you can read like 10 times in your life and each time you read it will mean something totally different. Like some of these, especially some yeah. of these very ancient spiritual texts. Like for me, I read the Bhagavad Gita in 2009. Yeah. And where I was then, and if I read it now, which I've been thinking about rereading it, it'd be a totally different read. I would just, there's so many things that probably went right over my head at that time because I just didn't understand what it was saying. That's true. So, so true. yeah. So please continue. You're going to say one more, I think. Uh, well, yeah, no, the, the, the Tao Te Ching also is a very, very powerful book. I would also add that to the list in terms of like spiritual evolution, understanding the nature of spirit, understanding the qualities of, and virtues of the soul. All of those books are really good at helping one connect with the soul. If you're looking for more of like the history of the world, I mean, anything by Graham Hancock, like all of Graham, Han Graham Hancock's books are really profound. Really good. Yeah. And you can also watch like the, all of the Joe Rogan podcasts with Graham Hancock to get, to get, and like actually Graham, Han Graham has made a, a number of, uh, uh, big presentations that are all up on YouTube as well. Like those are all great to watch. Um, so, but like the list, the list could go on and on truly. Like there's a lot. And I guess I would also suggest, you know, for someone who really wants to go into it, uh, with kind of the stuff that I've been talking about with like the, the, the tarot and stuff, 
I probably recommend the book of Patch and the book of Spirit, which are my books. And those are just like from years and years of working with the tarot and learning about the ancient history and the ascension process and the journey and all this stuff compiled into two books that kind of go hand in hand with each other, like a, a left brain and a right brain to just engage uh, readers with the, with, with just the thought provoking mind changing pieces of ideas of uh, wisdom teachings and all just merged into one. So I'd probably recommend, I, yeah, I'd recommend those on top of the, that whole thing, but I'm not trying to like, you know, sell my books, but, but those are, I put a lot of love into them. There are things. I'm sure they're incredible reads. Um, so where can people get a hold of you? I know YouTube channel, Spirit Science Studios or Spirit Science period. Uh, well, the YouTube, you just search Spirit Science and you'll find Science. it. But I think it's, well, yeah, you just search Spirit Science, you can find it. And then our website is spiritsciencecentral.com. Cool. So guys, please check out Jordan's work. He's a great guy. He's up to some great things. And um, also the school, check that out as well. The mystery school, Spirit Mysteries spiritmysteries.com dot com yeah check that out and just want to thank you jordan for all the work you've been doing for the, the thousands thousands of people you've helped um through your work um you know sometimes i'm sure you don't even see the transformation that you sort of sparked in others um but i know that it was um one of the like key things at that time that really sort of sparked my intuition and sort of my curiosity into some of these things that led me a lot deeper on, on my journey. So for that, I thank you. And for all those others who listen to this, dive in. There's lots of great content. Um, support Jordan. And uh, thank you so much, brother. Appreciate you. Dude, thank you so much for having me. This was great.